this is Franca, and here's a new intro for your show. And no, it's not a chainsaw. Hi, and welcome to Suburban Guys. I'm Ralph. And I'm Steve. We're going to be talking about living in the suburbs. And sports. So, this week, we're going to talk about different types of grass... Leaf blowers. Leaf blowers. That's my favorite subject. You know how hard it is to pick a leaf blower because you're like, do I need an electric leaf blower or do I need a gas one? I just don't know and I'm worried about noise, but I really don't want grass on my sidewalk. Only brown-skinned people use gas-powered leaf blowers. See, that's one interesting point here that we should bring up. Hey, did you see the sports game? Ha, 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 Those guys sure showed those other guys. Yeah, they did. Ha, Ha-ha! Would you like another light beer? Thanks! The heavy beers really give me bad heartburn. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 50. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. Oh, I... Kind of, I was kind of interested in the leaf blower thing. <laughs> I was actually told by my boss, who teaches riding motorcycles for a living, that uh, a leaf blower is the most useful thing to have around the house because you can use it for all sorts of inappropriate, not leaf blowing things. Blows up mattresses. Yeah. Feeds fires. Uh huh. Annoys the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use a leaf blower much. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> because we're in suburbia. You, Todd. <laughs> when you're suburbia. <laughs> So yeah, episode 50. Wow, 50 episodes. Wait, let's do that again with a cool reverb. 50 episodes. That was pretty cool. I thought so. <laughs> so yeah, 50 episodes. Not much merchandise sales. Buy some merchandise. Wheelnerds.com slash merchandise. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. check it out. There's stickers and cafe press shirts and cup holders and stuff. Think of the fun you'll have if you meet another Wheel Nerds listener who also has a sticker on their bike. What kind of fun will they have? I don't know. I'm assuming they'll have something to talk about. Do you listen to that show? God, only when I have to. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be meeting at like highway rest stops or something in the middle of the night. (laughs) No, no. They'll be meeting uh, meeting on the side of the road. Say the place like Dead Buell Point. (laughs) I hear it's romantic there. Yeah. It's (laughs) Thanks, Jim, for sending us this excellent sign. So now I have to post that, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. we sure do. Dead Buell Point. Yeah. Uh, You know, I still got those, those GPS coordinates saved. Oh, good. Good. I could go back to visit any time. <laughs> Dead Buell Point. This brings back memories. Oh, Tommy, remember when we went to Dead Buell? Oh, yeah, silly. That was great. We took my dad's leaf blower and never mind. <laughs> Let's talk about classifieds. I have a confession. What's that? You know what? I think I might not be an adventure tour guy. Yeah? What makes yeah. you say that? Because I don't like Starbucks. Go on. No. So, last week... There was the uh, the Yamaha demo day that I went to. Mm-hmm. They let me ride a few bikes. Which is a miracle. <laughs> no, they cut me off after four rides. Oh, okay. But one of the bikes I rode was an FJR. Mm-hmm. And I also rode the Super Tenere mm-hmm. and an R1. Now, which one do you think I like the best? Well, I would have guessed the Tenere, but I guess you're gonna you're probably going to say, no, nope, it's something else. Yeah, I think it might have been the FJR. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I was, uh, well, you did you did ride the wheels off the Viffer. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you also rode the wheels off the Buell, and possibly even more so than the Viffer. Right. And the Buell is, it's a sport bike. It is sportier than most of the other adventure tours. There's no doubt about it. I mean, let's talk about the Tenere. So when I got on that bike, that was the first bike of the day, so I was a little nervous. It was morning. I was shaky. Mm-hmm. Riding other people's bike makes me shaky. Okay. You didn't get shaky when you were riding mine. 
it's kind of broken. Yeah, it's true. It's good, good and worn in. It's got a nice groove. Yeah, it's, it's already got a butt groove. It's worn in. And the Tenerite was brand sparkling new. Sure, yeah. You're riding a, a demo group with a leader and a tail gunner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I got on this thing, the first thing I noticed was it's huge. In front, your your visual space is huge. It's, mm-hmm. There's so much bike in front of you. Yeah, which is pretty common for adventure tourers. Yeah. I mean, the Strom and the GS, everybody says that exact thing about them both. Right, right. I, I remember noticing that about the GS and about your Strom. It was the same story with the Tenere. It was just there's so much there. I could stretch my arm forward and not touch the windshield. Mm-hmm. The Buell is just so different. The Buell there is not a whole lot there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Once you, you know, you got your fake tank, the airbox, sure. which is relatively slim compared to the adventure tours. Mm-hmm. And then um, the front nose, there's just, there's not much. It's like a sure. sport bike. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in a lot of ways it is. I mean, if you look at the picture, even at the top of our website, look at the physical presence of the Strom versus the Buell. Right. And the Buell's got a lot of crap on it, just like the Strom does, except you look at the Buell, its wheelbase is shorter. The bike itself is shorter. It's a very compact bike. The, the cockpit feel is very different. Mm. That's one of the things I really liked about that bike. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was something I really liked about the FJR and the R1. Hmm. little smaller sport cockpit kind of thing. Yeah, you're, you're kind of more in the sportier position. You're, there's less of the bike in your face. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you got on Claire's Tiger, did it feel like there was a whole bunch in front of you? Not as bunch as the, uh, as the big bikes. Hmm. So the, the middleweight um, 800GS, or I'm sorry, the middleweight 800 Tiger felt pretty good. Hmm. It felt just right. Just right. <laughs> so, you know, I want, I want to get on the 800GS. Mm-hmm. I want to get on a Wii. Sure. And try it out if someone will let me ride it. Well, he's going to feel just like the big strong, you know, warn you now. Well, I got on when I was sitting on it. Yeah. The, the new Wii, it doesn't feel like that. No, that's true. I suppose the new Wii has a lot less like bulk to the, unnecessary it's, bulk to the fairing. It's still f- far forward, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel as wide. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like, you know, because you're, you're strong. It's just big, bulbous. Yeah, well, and then I've got the I've got the tank luggage on it too. Yeah, with just the tank yeah, just this big giant windshield. Yeah, there's just so much there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the new Wii, I, I, I gotta go sit on it again. But I remember when I was sitting on it before, it just didn't have that feel. It was mm. it was if to me it felt long. Sure, which is, it is. It compared. is. You know, when I was on the FJR, I was like, wow, this feels really nice, and it was just it made a noise, Todd. Oh, yes. Was the noise a kind of like a hammer at idle, like a no, no? Was it was it the was it the grind when you get going like right out of first gear where it goes? No, I think it's going. No, no. Um, when you're getting going on FGR, mm-hmm. it starts going. I, I expect to see the stars go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, the R1 roared. Good. Sure. And it sounded like a bike. Mm-hmm. The FJR sounds like it's going into warp speed. Mm-hmm. I expect to see colors. I expect to see small star destroyers in my rearview mirror. Sure. Yeah, I expect sense. to see a blind helmsman saying transwarp is available at all speeds. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It, it spoke to me in, in that way. Well, that's cool. Except it's more expensive than the Tenere. It's pretty damn expensive. It has been pretty damn expensive since day one. Every, I, most of the people I know who have them really like them. John hated his. That could have been because he had it too early. John hated um, his. Because it was. And in, his points about it, in fairness, are pretty accurate. It is heavy as crap. It carries its weight very high. Yes. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that are sort of less than perfect about it. Yes. That said, 
Kevin rides the wheels off of his. Right. And, you know, compared to the Tenere, it carried its weight very well. That's true. The one thing I noticed about that bike, you know, this this demo ride, so they took us out on about an 18-mile route. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially they went down the parkway nine yep. miles, went through this little maybe quarter mile of twisty section, mm-hmm. and then back on the parkway. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't that exciting with demo ride. I don't. There was a bunch yeah. of better routes I could have thought of. I don't. I don't know. I wish I had a chance to talk to the the demo riders. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them questions, but I was too busy licking their bikes. Sure. But anyway, so you know, on this tw- this twisty section, the first thing I noticed about the S10, which is, they looked at me real funny when I called it that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's heavy to tip in. Mm-hmm. It kind of resisted it. Sure. That could have to do with the tires that are on it. If it had, let me think, the two ronces behave a little bit like that. They'll be a little resistant and then they'll just like drop in. Yep. That's what um, it did. Yeah. So, and that, that some of that's tires. Anakis or uh, the a- Avons have, and it uses the same size tires as the Strom, the GS, the, the Tiger, and everything else. The Anakis and the Avons are much more progressive tip in. Mm. So it's a steady tip in the whole way. The FJR and the R1 were both real smooth on the on the tip in mm-hmm. and the curbs um yeah. i actually found them to me at my skill level my mm-hmm. riding style pretty comparable yeah so like our, our listeners mentioned it had um, a different kind of uh, crankshaft it's not a parallel crankshaft you know mm-hmm. a crankshaft usually like 180 degrees sure to balance it out right the r1 doesn't have that it has a different kind of crankshaft which i've seen more common in race cars hmm. interesting and it's supposed to be – it doesn't have to compensate for that thunk, 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 thunk of thunk. the yeah. – right? Just, well, with four cylinders, that's less of an issue anyway because the cylinders act as their own counterbalancers. Yeah, yeah. Inside, outside, inside, outside, inside, outside. On the R1 anyways, it's supposed to make a huge difference. With the way I ride, I couldn't notice a difference between it and any of the other bikes. Mm-hmm. I don't push that bike that hard, especially sure. on a factory demo ride where <laughs> you're not allowed to pass the And that's when I wheelie past the leader. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I almost memorized that speech they gave before every ride. Oh, I bet. No wheelies, no stoppies, no burnies, no breakies, no no trailies, no slingshots, no mm-hmm. uh, other tricks. Gotcha. I don't know what a breaky is. I don't either. Yeah, I didn't ask because the demo leader was a girl. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ask. Because you were scared. Yeah. You're intimidated. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's a girl person. What do I do? Girls intimidate me. Mm. She rolled the wheels off the R1. No. <laughs> That's why she was leading the thing. <laughs> One thing they did tell me there was, uh, not the riders, but the guys who were running the, the demo, the factory mm-hmm. truck guys. Yeah. If the bike's available, mm-hmm. the demo leaders will almost always pick the Super 10. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Even over to FJR. They, they prefer that bike. I'm betting over time you'll find that's the more comfortable one of them. Yeah, I that's, mean, because it is the most upright, you know, it's the it's most a, it's a, neutral yeah, it's a position. natural position. Yeah. I think, was it Fred Rao that was telling us that when they ran a bunch of people on different kinds of bikes, the guys on bikes like that tended to go faster just because they... They're the most comfortable. They're the most comfortable. And that's the position you favor the most. Oh, God, that, yeah. That. I took your I took your Viffer up big cottonwood and timed myself on the run and i was like wow i bet i did that really fast in the viffer viffers are cool maybe i should buy chuck's viffer and then i came back and i got on my strom and i went up and down it on the strom i was like wow nope (laughs) (laughs) not at all actually really (laughs) yeah i I rail it on the strom and i wasn't even working that hard on the strom for me anyway that position really lends itself well to really getting after it yeah i mean it's a i like that position i like Mm -hmm. that neutral position i also like the sporty position i yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of torn um where i want to go i mean i'm looking at the fjr i'm looking at Mm -hmm. the sprint yep i found a sprint a couple of used sprints they're about around 9k yep so 
Charlie liked his. I really enjoyed writing his. I think I think can go. <laughs> I gotta see if I can get anyone here to give me a demo of, of sprints and a Wii and you know mm-hmm. just bikes in general. I don't want to have to keep going back to San Diego and be like, can I ride your bikes? Ride you gonna buy bikes? No. <laughs> if the local dealers are all douchebags, then maybe you buy from the one in San Diego. Yeah. The good news is the solution is to ride a lot of bikes. Yeah, I gotta ride a lot of bikes. Right the the time is running out for, for Suzuki. Yeah. And a month is when they stop doing that, that yeah. promotion. Yeah, you got like a week left. Yeah, so if I'm going to do a week, I got to get on it. Yeah. yeah. Get the or orange color. Look get, badass. Get, it does look pretty cool. I, I like the look of the new Wii. Mm. I, I think they did a good job with the new Wii Strom as far as the appearance of the bike mm-hmm. versus the old one. <laughs> Which is butt ugly. <laughs> you can say it. Strom owners know it. We all embrace it. Your bike is butt ugly. Yeah. Yeah, it's but here's the thing: is I go and I park next to your Thruxton, say, and I, I forget, and I leave my keys in the bike. Yeah, I'll come back out, and it's really dangerous that I leave my keys in the bike because what that'll let people do is they'll move my bike out of the way to steal yours. So there you go. Speaking of bargains in bikes, bike shopping, bike shopping. Let us shop. Let's shop. What do we have up first today? Oh, it's a Kawasaki Ninja Two Fifty. That's good. Finance available. Bad credit, no problemo. This sounds good. Uh, Two thousand eight. They want four grand for it. Uh, that's I think the. Mm, yeah, that's mm, a brand new Ninja Two Fifty. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see how many miles it has on it here. Oh, they okay. have a little fact sheet. This is nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's got five thousand miles on it. That's, that's a little much for that. That's not brand new. Hey, wait a minute. What? It's got four doors. Yeah, Where? Look, right there under. I'll be dipped in shit. It's a four-door ninja. It's a four-door ninja. Damn. It's a green four-door no ninja. No wonder it's $4,000. That's like that's like $1,000 per door. That's like the ultimate learner bike. Wow. <laughs> four doors. I'm impressed. It's a cage to ninja. It's not often... You can get a four-door Ninja. I mean, the two doors are everywhere. Right, yeah, yeah. You you can get on from the left or the right. But with this one, you can get on from the left, the right, the front, or the back. Wow. I know. I'm impressed. Talk about value add. Oh, man, I got to call this guy. Four grand. (laughs) Could be yours. No problemo. Okay, that was great. Next. Next one. Here's one for you. This this is a totally fitting one for you. Why? Well, it says, fat person's moped financed. Financing available. Payments around for twelve hundred dollars, four fifty a month <laughs> for a twelve hundred dollar moped. That's uh, if the months are more than two and a half, then it's this roadster will take any big ass person, and you can haul a month's worth of bacon <laughs> on the cargo platform. Clearly, this... look at the big seat. <laughs> oh my god! It uh, you know it does, and have you a big could seat. put bacon in the front. Yeah, there's a there's a big. <laughs> Comes with one-year parts and labor, unlimited miles warranty, four-way flashers, built-in basket in the front for your big gulp, and a gigantic box to haul 15 pizzas. <laughs> You'll be the center of attention at Weight Watchers. Has battery charger plug-in and cigarette oh, lighter. Oh, man. Well, you know, two words. Mm. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're fat. I'm saying they're Americans. Mm. <laughs> I see what you're getting at. You can get a 150cc model for 1600 Wow. That's uh, the best deal. <laughs> that's a fantastic deal that'll really haul your fat ass around wow what is that Chinese scooter it's gotta be it's some, uh, it's some off brand like Chinese that. cargo bike thing with a flat pad in the back a little seat on it and uh, some sort of little doofy box thingy you in the front you think that seat was original equipment yeah I think it was wow that's horrible well it's made in China it'll hold 15 pizzas huh well you put them on the back in a big stack yeah yeah I mean you never get home with all of them <laughs> You know, also, I'd just like to point out one other problem with this. 
Yes. A 49cc fat guy scooter. Let me tell you a little bit about the scooter I sold. Okay. So I got on the thing and I could flog the shit out of it. And after a while, I could be going low 30s. Okay. Okay. I sold it to a guy who weighed like 110 pounds soaking wet. He gets on the thing, hits it, and just fucking blasts off down the (laughs) (laughs) He gets back. He's like, man, this thing's got some pep. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) You're you're not fat. No, I mean, I'm like like 210 pounds. Yeah, you're not a fat person. So I'm not light, but neither am I fat. No. 49cc scooter? You're an American. I'm American. (laughs) You need a month's worth of bacon. (laughs) I need a month's worth of bacon. (laughs) Yeah, 49cc moped, large dude, not going to be any good. You know, this is how they deliver a pizza in Japan. Yeah. On scooters. I could believe it. With a box on the back that it you would, put the scooters in. It would probably or keep the, well. put the pizza <laughs> That's impressive. You put more so scooters you ride in the scooter. <laughs> and the scooter go And they fly out the back. Well, you know, a small enough scooter could be used, theoretically, on the back of, like, a Strom or a Ural as a lifeboat. In fact, your Buell should have had one of those. It could have used lifeboats. We could install some davits. It'll be great. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Next. Next up. This one's a must-see. Must-see. $1,400. What? But 2007 Kayak 250. That's not a kayak. It's a motorcycle. That's what I'm saying. What? It's an R motorcycle. Oh, R. I think this is another. This is another. It says R. Type R. It's a Chinese motor. It has R on the side. That adds like kayak. Look, it even has kayak on well, the. I'll be damned. It's, it's an it's actual kayak label. motorcycle. Pre- okay, let's China. see. 600 miles. Previous owner dropped it and broke left mirror. It would shift when I bought it, but I fixed it now, and now I'm looking for a bigger bike. I'm willing to trade for 600. Title still in his name? Haven't gotten it switched yet? This Wednesday it will be. And the miles will go up. Just needs the mirror fiber glasses back in and uh, it ready to ride, number, number, number. I prefer text, but I'll answer calls. You know what this bike says to me? Not stolen. <laughs> Definitely not totally stolen. Totally not stolen. <laughs> nope. No siree. So I'm looking at the engine and stuff, and this looks suspicious. Like, this, is like, this is like a Ninja 250 as imagined by Chinese knocker offers. Uh-huh. It looks like an old 250. Ninja yeah, not 250. quite like one, though. There, there's, no. there's a lot of funny similarities. HRC. So that's definitely A Chinese. company known for quality. <laughs> Presumably, it must be known for something somewhere, right? Right. Well, fourteen hundred bucks. Oh no, this stolen. isn't an HRC anymore. This is a kayak, and it's less money than I sold the Buell for. So I have cash in hand. There you go. <laughs> I can go get this bike. You can go have one of them. Speaking of Buells, I wanted to show you this. Okay. Now, Buell guys, mm-hmm. we have a lot against us. Sure. There's a lot of the odds are against us. Most notably, your bikes. As a people, there's a lot against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watch out for each other. Yeah. You know, Bugs has been really helpful with my Buell. Sure. And someone posted this classified. The only purpose of this ad is to protect a future fellow Buell rider. There's currently a 2004 Buell XB12R for sale here. And the seller is not being honest. I'm not talking about the one with less than 8,000 miles. I know nothing about that bike. I'm talking about this other bike that has a salvage title. I know because it was my bike before and he just bought it for me in December. I wouldn't say anything here, but it needs to be mentioned that the bike does not have a clean title. Buell riders are usually the coolest people and I would hate to see someone not get what they are expecting if I can help it. I was in an accident on this bike and bought it back from the insurance. I replaced the damaged parts. Make sure you know what you're buying when you buy this bike. It looks and rides incredibly well, but it's not a clean title. That's, uh, they're really, they're, they care. They're, they We care. Apparently the Buell riders really are. We have big hearts. They're because it could be your Buell that breaks down and you need a tow next time, right? <laughs> this is a guy who sold his Buell months ago, mm-hmm. saw it again on KSL and took yeah. the time to put an ad about it. Well, it's better than the guy who bought my Volusia and put bedazzler beads all over it. <laughs> 
See? And it was totally custom then. See? Bill people, good. Suzuki people, well, there's you. Fuck you. <laughs> this isn't the only Bill ad. Uh, there's another ad. There here. are more? Yeah. Why do people keep going in for this punishment? Uh, so this one's an, a 2009 Buell Ulysses. Mint extras, 2K miles. Chuck. Yes. Chuck, there's a, it's blue too. The blue color looks kick-ass, by the way. Yes. It has those nice new forks. It matches my suit. This is, uh, it's the perfect, it, and look at where it is. It's a Buell Ulysses adventure, great touring bike made by Harley and no longer production. So buy a piece of history before it blows up on the side of the road. Second he didn't l- write that. <laughs> Second to the last year they were made, thank God. Retirement <laughs> and a bad knee forces sale. Only one owner and always garage close to mint condition. Chuck. Chuck. 2,200 miles, which is right at book value. 2,200 miles? It matches your suit? Dude, this could be the, the other alternative. This could be the other alternative. If you like the Buell so much, go get a blue one. And Bugs wrote to me helpfully to say that he knows, I think his brother is in Pocatello, Idaho, and could uh-huh. check out this bike for me. Wow, you guys are spooky. Yeah. It's like it's like the like the, the Buell Mafia. Yep. They, <laughs> I tried to get out. <laughs> they won't let you go. They'll pull me back in. You can't go that easily. And hey, you know what else I like about this bike? Yes. It blew. <laughs> Chuck bought another Buell. It blew. <laughs> it blew. <laughs> and, you know, by the time by the time this is starting to get tired, the Strom will be on its last legs and shooting oil and fire out of it. So, <laughs> What are you saying? You'll buy it? No. No. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. You know, my wife would, I don't know. I think she'd kill me if I went and bought another Buell. For a new one with the fixes and stuff that matches yeah, your suit? Yeah, I mean, 2000, I think the only thing the 2009's missing over to 10 is the real rear bearings. I know well, that's two, easy to fix. 2008, they did a bunch of fixes. If you can get the bearings from the guy in the in the weird rundown warehouse with the donkey, could be easy. On the one hand, pointing you toward the Buell again, I, I want to hit myself a little for suggesting it, but this is a bike you love and it matches your suit. <laughs> Which is really the two things that matter in Chuck world. Let's be honest. The second being particularly important. Yeah, I wish I, I hadn't sold the Corbin now to that one guy. Maybe he'll sell it back to me. <laughs> hey, can I, uh, can I get that back? Can I get all that back? My windshield, too? I need that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure CalSci will still sell the windshield. Yeah, and then, you know, get a mad stat bracket. Huh? Oh, I don't know. Well, let, let's move on. We, right. we should stop tempting you with another Buell. All right. Well, even though all here. the listeners would love us for it. A KTM 990 Adventure, 600 miles, 12 grand. My friends have bailed on me and I seldom ride. 600 miles, just did first service, has protective bars in front, pannier, Zumo, GPS, heated grips, tour shield, and stock windshield. I also have a shitload of cool riding gear. I will throw in one jacket. Most of my jackets start out at about 450 and go up. Huh? I wonder if they're color matched. Yeah. Also, if you have a great medium head like mine... I can do Enduro Helmet with Purchase. He's offering some head with Purchase. Apparently. If you can buy a newer bike with more Farkles and less money, and less mile for less money, don't call. <laughs> uh, okay. Then I guess we're done. <laughs> yes, sir. And next. $100 also is always hooked up to better, always hooked up to battery tender included. If the battery tender does not seal the deal, you're weird. What about my weird? <laughs> you're weird. It's your weird. It's my weird. It's your weird. I don't know about KTM. I've got funny feelings about that. Yeah. Pictures coming, just got iPhone, piece of junk, and I don't know how to upload photos. I'll get my nine-year-old to help. And here's some pictures. This is like a, this is, this sounds like a, like a cranky old guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is like, this is the cranky KTM. Look how clean his garage is. You need to buy. It is spooky clean. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with him? 
He and uh, there are six hundred miles here, and everything's here. white. The KTM's white. The car's white. The garage is white. This yeah. is don't don't go here. Even the shelving is white. This is weird, like creepy guy. Like you'll like you'll you'll move something a little bit, and he'll be like, "Get out, stay away." You know what it'd be like? What's that? It'd be like if you mixed up all the heads on the Lego guys, mm-hmm. and your wife freaks out. He, he, it'd be just like that. Yeah, yeah, totally like that. Yeah, and then she bans you from the Lego set. This doesn't sound theoretical anymore. We're happy to report we spent a little time before the show playing with Legos. Well, Todd did. I, I've been banned for life <laughs> because I put hair on the stormtrooper head. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> My <laughs> wife is a Nazi. <laughs> My wife is a Lego Nazi. I'll say it right now. She undid all my creations to put them back into their original model. The whole point of Legos is to stick a spaceship on top of a truck. She is stifling my daughter's creativity. I don't understand. My God. (laughs) Stop them now. Stop them now before they have a white KTM and a white garage with a white car with white little boxes holding all their stuff in them in little white bins. So I got a question. What's that? The guy's got a two-year-old KTM 990 Adventure. Yeah. With 600 miles, mm-hmm. what do you think his favorite coffee is? I'm going to say Starbucks. <laughs> I'm going to go with a uh, white mocha. I mean, that just seems like sort of a, sh- a, sh- a real shame to have that bike for two years, possibly. It's garage jewelry. Oh, man. That's sad. That's a real sad story. It's a bit It's a bit sad. So the next thing we got up here is a video Craig sent in mm. of the possible Transformer sequel. Yes. It's Norton Commando Transformers. They'll run sometimes. <laughs> Usually. He got fixed and ran. Yeah. All so, the way out of the garage. We'll post this on the site. This is a, this is a pretty cool one. i got to say, the part I'm most impressed by is the uh, the smoothness of as they transition back to the real bike. Oh, yeah. No, it's, they, it's, they slip it right in there, the little cut to the real bike. Mm-hmm. It's extremely well done. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, the voice the voiceover is cool. I mean, it fits the motorcycle with the, that accent. Yep. It's pretty cool. It's a student film. Yeah. It's neat. We'll throw it up there. So hopefully whoever's doing this will uh, get a cool job doing something cool rather than be cleanup animator number three somewhere. Or possibly producing a podcast. You'll be able to see them because they'll be on the street corner begging for money. <laughs> Tacos. Tacos. Uh, we got a lot of listener mail. To, oh my God. Go loads through. of listener mail. Let's talk about that. Actually, you know, speaking of garage jewelry, Max sent in something about Modus. This is pretty oh, interesting. Okay. So he says, Modus, where to begin? First, let me tell you what I think they did right. The motor, they nailed it. Totally. Wait, nailed it. Looks, nailed it. Ergos, nailed it. I was really excited about the Modus, and I thought, here was a bunch of guys who really wanted to build a bike for those who ride. I was so excited, I was ready to forego a shaft final drive for the price. Hydraulic valves and low maintenance made it sound like this was supposed to ride. I was willing to drop 25 k to help a new mass-produced motorcycle company. I wanted Modus to make it. I figured shaft drive would come later and other things I wanted. Max likes the shaft. Yep. <laughs> Alas, after listening to the interview, I'm over it. <laughs> At 30K, it's just beyond the reach of the majority of riders. If they had just said the cost came in higher than they anticipated and they're working on bringing it down, fine. The interview didn't go that way, however. Maybe he was trying to save face, but to brag how it was hand-built didn't win me over. There's a reason Henry Ford went into mass production. Because Hen- slavery was illegal. <laughs> Handmade says to me, expensive, inconsistent, and replacement parts will all have to be hand-fit to work correctly. I work in the auto industry and understand how mass production and low-volume production work. Since when did robotic assembly become a bad thing? That's actually a really good point. Consistent parts are very useful. Consistent everything is very nice. Yeah. Taking the stance that he was building bikes for those who could appreciate the finer things, Starbucks marketing perhaps, <laughs> tells me that he is building bikes for the likes of Brad Pitt and Jay Leno. Butt jewelry for the rich and famous, not the guys who put 200,000 miles on a bike. 300 bikes a year will sit in fancy garages, museums, next to other boutique bike builders like OCC, Bad Dog, Big Dog, Boss Hog, Boss Dog, Big Hog. Big Bad Boss. I, I lost track. <laughs> 
I don't care if no one else has one or if Bruce Willis owns one. That's not why I own a bike. I would buy a reliably well-built bike if I knew that when it hits 300,000 miles, I can go to a dealer and get another, or it'll still be there when I need parts. Where are all the hand-built bike builders? Five years down the road? How about 10? How about 15? Please tell your listeners when one of these 300 bikes hits 100,000 miles. Until then, I'll just keep spending my dollars maintaining my Beamer. Oh, he brings up a lot. There's a lot of points There's there. There's a lot in there. Um, the mass production thing, you know, I hadn't, you know, I was, when we were talking with Modus, I was like, oh, yeah, hand-built, that's cool. It's, you know, it's craftsmanship. And then I think of, let's see, what hand-built bikes do I know um, with real craftsmanship made by people who this is what they've done for years and years? Ural. <laughs> <laughs> Which bike do I have that leaks the most oil? Think of the American worker. Mm-hmm. You're looking at one. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. We're all going to die. <laughs> And not not to put down uh you know the American worker or the the craftsman. I mean, okay, I I build furniture as a hobby and I love yeah. to do it. But even with the passion I have for doing things, mm-hmm. there's stuff that goes wrong and I'll let it slide. Yeah. And at my job, hopefully no one's listening. There's probably stuff, maybe, possibly to have gone wrong that maybe possibly I have not noticed and let slide. Maybe it was a Friday afternoon. Maybe I was hungover on a Monday morning. Maybe it's Wednesday and I just don't like my job. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happens if you've got mm-hmm. a bunch of people build I mean, the guy was – he was really proud of, of their production. Yeah. You know, and it could they, be that they're very consistent and they're very good. I mean, they could be all master craftsmen. But people have bad days. Yeah. You're, you're doing the same thing. You're building 300 of these things. You're, you're all – owners refer to as the Friday afternoon syndrome. Oh, you have a Friday afternoon Ural. Right, you know. Because you get you get parts and they, they basically fit. Sometimes there's a little coercion that goes on. So I, I could see uh, similar issues working their way in. Oh, modus are great unless you get the Friday afternoon modus. <laughs> the Monday morning modus. The, mm. you know, the Chuck modus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and he makes a point. You know, limited dealer network, mm-hmm. limited support. Where will they be in five, ten years? Will you be telegraphing a warehouse somewhere in Canada for parts? <laughs> and the donkey goes and the old man opens. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Modus is very optimistic. I mean, you know, sure. They, they have well, to be. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd shoot themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of good questions there. Yeah, there are. I, I, I'll say, too, that the vibe he was giving off, I got to agree with Max. It's a little off-put. Yeah. It's a little elitist. It's a little, well, you know, mm-hmm. you you need to be rich enough to buy our bike yeah not you know like you said you know hey we're a small company we have a limited run just we're doing the best we can Mm -hmm. it's more like well can you afford this bike i wonder how much of that is how he actually thinks and how they're actually thinking and how much of it is just the the marketing spiel they've chosen to take well i don't know i mean because building building this i mean urals cost almost fifteen thousand dollars yeah and urals have a really worn in building sequence i mean they have got this down as to well, they've got it down to a Russian science, but it's understood how the line works. There's no changes to the line, really. They're just working on it, yeah. you know? And they're fourth, fifth generation Euro builders. Quite a few of them are second generation, third yeah. generation, yeah. Yeah, they bring the little baby in, sit them in front, mm-hmm. give them a wrench. You work on the Friday one. <laughs> <laughs> the Friday Euro, that's the one all the kids do. <laughs> 
Is that why it's pink? Little Edmund worked on this. It's good. It'll, we give you a discount. It'd be okay. But yeah, I, I'm not sure how much of that is the actual, like, their actual attitude and how much of it is marketing spiel. Because, frankly, the $30,000, $36,000, I, I do think a lot of that is going to be driven by manufacturing costs. Mm-hmm. It is a brand new engine. And they don't want to be apologizing for the bike as they're introducing it. Right. They exactly. They don't want to be saying, hey, no, it comes yeah. off wrong. Yeah. Oh, we're really sorry. That's right. very expensive. No, so I, I, can, I can see why they take that tech. Yeah. Or, you know, if they say, we're going to try to get the price down, people will just say, well, I'll wait. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that is why they they talk like that. Well, and I think the proof will be in the pudding, really, with Modus. It's if it is something that like Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt, and Jay Leno own, and others don't, they'll probably end that's, up just self destructing and fold. Yeah, that that's what they'll be. I mean, there mm-hmm. are small boutique bikes that do that, and yeah. they, they survive. Yeah, some of them do just fine. And, and Max is, is basically he's 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 representing a, a big portion of of the response Modus got. Yeah, the, I mean, the all those all those people who are saying thirty thousand dollars—they're not saying it because thirty thousand dollars is completely out of the pale. It's that they they felt like they weren't led to that. Yeah, it's not the ballpark they they thought they were in. Yeah, and because you know, look, he's talking. He keeps dropping the number twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. twenty five thousand to thirty thousand. That ton of money. It's already fuck, but it's the difference between that. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty. If you're going to spend twenty five grand on your bike, thirty grand is not totally whacked anymore. Yeah, is it that much more of a stretch? I mean, if you're already in the mindset, yeah, I'm buying, I'm going to spend 25 grand on my BMW GS. I don't know what I'd do with 25. I do <laughs> got 25 grand. Man. I know what you do things- with 25 grand. Yeah, rocket. Um, <laughs> I know exactly what you would do. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, yeah. You would be on the phone to Claude so fast. <laughs> And then I would call him up right after, and don't forget to make it a boat. <laughs> then you'd have to deal with my wife. <laughs> Heaven help you. When you launch her into the water. <laughs> Go, honey, you're in a boat. I grew up in a desert. I don't know what I'm doing. This is terrible. <laughs> oh, God, she hates it. She's skipping it across the water. <laughs> Shit, good. She tack, hates it. Tack. She hates it when I talk about boats. It makes her crazy. Because my whole family's a bunch of sailors, and we get together and we talk about boats. She's like, "Stop talking about boats. I can't take it." So yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's. He's not he's not speaking alone. Max is speaking fairly eloquently with the voice of a lot a lot of consumers, and I guess we're just going to have to see what happens with Modus. I think it's we'll see. I I like the bike. I I did like all the things he told us about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like a fantastic bike. I like the idea. It looks amazing on paper, especially since you know I might be becoming a sport tourer again. Mm-hmm. This bike speaks to me. I think your wife would probably murder you if you bought a thirty six thousand dollars sport tourer. Oh God, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just so we're all on the same page. But, you know, I did just turn 40. That's true. you got to have some sort of midlife crisis. I, I can get away with that, right? Mm, alive? Oh, by the way, listeners, pro tip, have your midlife crisis before you're married. Mm. It's a lot more fun. Mm. Mm. I did mine when I was 30. Gotcha. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Check. <laughs> it's too late for you. I'm doomed. Yep. <laughs> when I have a midlife crisis, I'll just buy a minivan, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Well, I'll help you paint the Viking on the side. Thank you. Okay. Our next uh, email comes from Sean. I'm one of your Canadian listeners from Vancouver. Hello, eh? I'm one of your Canadian listeners from Vancouver, eh? I heard one of you... This is the worst Canadian <laughs> ever. I heard one of you wanted to build a plywood case. Yes, that would be me. This guy's bike is entirely 3 eighths plywood? 
He clearly blew his budget on the Gibby Top case. There is no way to identify what this was. It has the headlight of a Suzuki SV650 and the motor from some big V-twin by the sounds of it. Upon seeing it, I immediately tried to pick out the owner. He blended in with the crowd, surprisingly. <laughs> I heard it fire up and went to go talk to the guy, but the wife threw a baby at me. Nice, <laughs> nice tactic. Mm-hmm. No helmet either, and it's illegal here with no visible bin number. I had to assume it was definitely not stolen. Okay. Team Ch- Oh, yeah, I probably lost him as Team Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyone who would steal this thing could... That's God. Sick. Wow. The aesthetic is like is like is like Mario brick. This is a, with all the like screws I guess those are. It's kind of like Road Warrior. It's it's got a real Mad Max feel to it, doesn't it? It needs you know, guns. It, it looks like a wing. <laughs> Look how high the Givy is. I know. That's almost like head level. Well, I I'm I it looks a little like a wing to me, but I guess it could be anything. Somebody saw a Goldwing and had something and they decided I want something like that and they made this instead. <laughs> Imagine what Craig Better would say if he saw this. <laughs> Craig Better would. You think he gets good gas mileage? Craig Better would die inside. <laughs> That's just the sight of this thing. Oh good God. Lord. What, looks, what possesses someone to build this? It looks comfy. Uh, well, you know what? It could be. It could be. I mean, sure, it's very functional. I know what happened here. Okay. Yeah. This guy started out with something small. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he just wanted to build the back end for the Maybe game. maybe the side the side covers popped off and he needed new ones. Maybe. So he started with a couple panels. Sure. Okay. And then he's like, Well, I need more panels to blend. Right. Okay. So it's, it just this thing just grew organically around the bike. Until he ended up with a Givy side case that's as high as his head. Yes. And everything enclosed. <laughs> everything enclosed with plywood. I, I won't put it past him to, that he might have guns on this thing. They might just pop out. Could be. The doors will open. Guns will go. F- uh-huh. It is certainly a unique machine. Thank you for sending that. Our lives are now richer. We will post that up. And damn. <laughs> damn. So uh, Kevin writes, hey, guys, just listen to your latest show, and you're talking about how you were encouraged by people writing nice things to you. Well, out of blatant self-interest and enjoying your show during late-night wrenching sessions and enjoying annoying my girlfriend who thinks you both giggle like little girls. That's not true. <laughs> I will say something nice. You don't suck. Oh, backhanded compliments, our favorite kind. Yeah. All kidding aside, I love listening to your show because I feel like you guys are a lot like me just a few years further along. I bought Purple Rain's little brother, a nifty little 1980 Suzuki GS450 for the lovely price of 350 <laughs> I think I overpaid. I think you're right, dude. <laughs> After putting in every spare dollar and teaching myself to do artificial imitation wrenching, over the course of a year, she's finally up and running. I started listening to you guys before I'd ever been on a motorcycle. It was just a slightly less depressing way to pass the time sitting in my garage, staring at my bike, and wondering how I was going to make it work. Oh, we're Chuck, this sounds like a kindred spirit to you. Yeah. Sitting in the bi- garage, staring at the bike, crying, dying inside a little bit. I'd love to see more info for beginners. Like things you wish you had known starting out. Anyway, on behalf of fools and nerds everywhere, thanks for the hour a week where we're comforted in knowing we are not alone. Oh, and I was just kidding about my girlfriend hating you. Inflatable women are not easily annoyed. One word, real doll. <laughs> Join the 21st century, uh, Kevin. The, the real doll is where it's at. The inflatable thing is so 80s. Things I wish I'd known starting out, straight up, is that you will never ever save money. <laughs> <laughs> this will become another really goddamn expensive hobby. Uh, yeah, there's just the only way. Well, there, yeah, I, I guess you could avoid it if you never buy gear. Yeah. And only have the one bike. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, maybe. But no one does that. No one does that. No. No, it's not how it's Especially done. since you have a GS450. Yeah. 
you're going to get another bike. You got some. You're going to get. A, you're really. But it's really, cool. He's got it running. Yeah, that's he, fantastic. He taught himself uh, wrenching like you did. You mm-hmm. inspired somebody. Spooky. Yeah, I bet he's all greasy and smelly and uh-huh. gross and disgusting. Yeah, and smelly yep. mm-hmm. and gross looking. Yeah, and ugly. Yeah. and gross. But his bike is smelly too. and sticky. And I'm, I'm still. I'm, I need some more words. You need more synonyms. Yeah, add for some gross, adjectives. And sticky. Some, some adjectives here. And gross and sticky and. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to hit me at some point. <laughs> I'm just saving it up. <laughs> I'm going to turn around one night and just... <laughs> dunk, dunk, dunk. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic that you're able to get that old bike going. I mean, the the GSs, the nice thing about them is they are pretty bulletproof. They're notorious for sitting in barns forever and with a bit of <laughs> amateurish wrenching mm-hmm. coming back to life. So that was that's a good bike to learn on. That's, that's a pretty solid one if you're going to learn to wrench on because they are the whole series, especially the fours, but the... the the twins too are just noted for being really forgiving of stupidity. And that that was one thing that was kind of driving me toward getting a Ural, mm. the ST, mm-hmm. was it would be a good bike for me to oh, really tune up Talk about forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not quite right. It'll still run. It'll run a little crappy, but it'll still run. Pour some vodka and it'd be okay. Yes, apply vodka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that was actually a selling point for me for that for the ST was mm-hmm. it would be a bike I can really crank my skills on. Yeah, you can get that thing down to its component bolts pretty quickly. And, you know, perhaps not be as discouraged as I was with another bike that shall remain nameless. <laughs> Blue matches your suit. <laughs> oh, you know where where you should go, Kevin, is beginnerbikers.org, all one long word. Mm-hmm. That is a great resource. That's how I found Todd and Claire, mm-hmm. sadly. So maybe you shouldn't go there. Maybe mm. you take that back. That's a great place to meet uh, new riders, riders who are supportive of new riders, tips, just mm-hmm. good people in general. Yeah, absolutely. People I, like me and Todd. <laughs> That's actually where I met Claire, who introduced me to my wife. Well, there you go. Hey, baby, we can hook you up. There you go. Real dolls. <laughs> it's Wheelers. cheaper. Wheelers does not offer discounts on real dolls. <laughs> or if we could get them to sponsor us, that would be kind of cool. Maybe they'll send us one. Would it cost more to put good gear on your real doll or to buy a real doll? I don't have any idea what they cost. Like a couple thousand? Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so the real doll would still be a little bit more. No, it's really creepy. What's that? In Japan. The guys with the body pillows with the anime girl on them? No. You can go in and have someone scanned with a 3D imager, and then they cast that. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. I want to make a real doll of you. The fuck? <laughs> Two or three of them with uh, different colored hair. Oh, man. Why do you think my wife is so creeped out around me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a letter from foreign Kevin, too. Okay. Not to be confused with domestic Kevin. Guten Tag, Van der Schweiz. Found your podcast last week and have been in a marathon catch-up session. That can't be good for you. Yeah. This has been a hard thing to do since pausing the podcast every couple of minutes to bust the gut laughing makes it hard to get all caught up. I sold my bike three years ago before I moved from Canada to Switzerland and miss it. He needs a real dog. And I am really... Bike, put it on. Yeah. And I'm really itching to get back into it. Google is good, and that's how I came upon the podcast. I just can't really remember because I had 34 open tabs at the time. That is a lot of porn. <laughs> 34 tabs of porn. 33 tabs of porn and, and one... one of wheel nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Damn. sick bastard. A few impressions. You guys are insanely fun to listen to. Thank you. Even though you actually end up being informative. Oh, shit. Maybe I shouldn't have told you that. The road there is long and winding and never fails to crack me up. I listen a lot at night after my wife is asleep. Wife. <laughs> wife is asleep. 
<laughs> and try to keep the belly laughs internal as to not wake her. <laughs> it is an epic task indeed. Your cultural depictions are so spot on, I find myself sitting there nodding, spitting coffee out my nose sometimes, which is a sacrilegious thing to do to good coffee. This is not a Starbucks score. So now that all that congenial, you done good boy bullshit is out of the way, let's get to the real reason I wrote. Reason number one, wine. The wine in a box opening had us doubled over it. Oh my gosh, so spot on. Living in Switzerland, we have quite a bit of wine culture here. In boxes? Being being from Canada. The home of boxes of wine. (laughs) I totally understand the wine in a box. Then surprisingly, out at the local grocery store, which sells wine, beer, and spirits, I came upon the perfect solution for you guys. It's wine in a pouch. Wait a minute. That's not wine in a pouch. That's bag of wine! I've said it before. If you have a box of wine and you take the box off, you have a bag of wine. A bag of wine can be thrown to your friends. That's the best idea ever. Mm -hmm. That's how winos are made. Mm -hmm. Think Sunny D, but with wine. (laughs) Pictures of tax next to a lighter for size reference. Do you think it's one of the ones where, like, you try to put the straw in and it, like, goes out the other side of the bag all the time? Uh, You spray it. It does look like a Capri Sun. Yeah. Except it's got the little pour spout. Mm Mm-hmm. Tapereria Cabernet Sauvignon. Red spine. Red, bleh. Shall, I, shall I take that for you? Yeah, read that line. Tapereria Cabernet Sauvignon. Red wine Red. of Spain. 18.7 centiliters. We also have wine in a quart and wine in a gallon. I personally don't like white wines. That's my wife's favorite. But she refused me to let, to let me get the white. As she knows, I would not drink it and she would never use it for anything. <laughs> not even cooking. So the red was bought. My thought was emergency wine to keep in the car in case the St. Bernards can't find us in the snow. (laughs) Emergency wine. (laughs) Chuck, 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 the show isn't funny enough. Quick, break out. Emergency wine. (laughs) It needs to be in a glass box so we can just shatter Shatter the box. (laughs) Get the bag. What we'll do is we'll get a wine bottle and put the bag of wine in the wine bottle. (laughs) So you shatter the wine bottle to get the bag of wine out. Wait. No, wait, wait. Even better. Stick tubes to it. Like mm-hmm. the tubes in the airplanes. Oh, and the they'll fall down from yeah. above with a mask. Yes. <laughs> and they'll strap into our faces. Remember to help others with their mask. <laughs> I know funny will happen. Reason number two. Episode 48, low-cut shirt. Specifically, Jen. Oh, good Lord. She had a giant rack. Get her back on the show. He didn't say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Get her back on the show as a regular. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Uh, now that she has done this once, the second time on, she can really cut loose. She was on the verge of handing you guys your asses. I think she would be a perfect repeat often guest. She was funny, smart, and was the perfect yin to your two nutballs yangs. Get her involved with the show more. Follow her bike and gear hunt. It's a fascinating look at what many face. Yeah, maybe I'll, f- I'll tag along with her and take the recorder and we'll see. Maybe cool. they'll let me ride a V-Rod or something. Hey, just be careful when you knock the V-Rod over. Apparently, when you break the uh, foot peg off, you break the frame. What? <laughs> yeah, we had someone wrestle one to the ground at an ERC. $10,000 of damage later. You're kidding. Nope. <laughs> All he broke was the peg? Well, the peg is attached to this little frame spar that comes down from the frame. Okay. Yeah, broke it off. And what is that, integral to the frame? Does no. the thing fall apart like a bag of Legos? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you need a new frame to replace it. Holy shit, man. Because <laughs> it's an extruded aluminum frame. You can't weld a piece of crap back onto it. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. So be careful on the V-Rod. Not to ruin your fun or anything. Oh. Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> You're Chuck. Stay the hell away. <laughs> You're all oh going to die. God. That's horrible. Why would you do that? I, well, Porsche built the engine. Harley built the frame. Oh, but, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reason number three. 
He continues. Your interviews. No idea how you get your guests on, but don't stop. I love it. Blackmail. You have interviewed some people that are seriously interesting in the sport, and it is fabulous. Keep that up. Yay! Go us. That's all I have to say about wheel merge, except more. I want more. Keep it up. P.S. Jen has a giant rack. That definitely was not in there. It totally is. <laughs> Look. That's only only in the mind of a Chuck. Look, that's totally not scrawled on the paper crudely. Yeah, that looks like it's done in crayon. Well, my wife doesn't let me have pens. Not after the incident. I understand. Pretty soon, Harley won't let me have beaver rods. <laughs> really? I just can't. Yeah. Drink it all in, man. Could it just been this? It just dropped just right to do this? Apparently, this is a common complaint with the V-Rods, is that you can break the frame by dropping it. I can't believe this. How how did this ever make it past... Well, Porsche built the engine, but and Harley built the frame. What have you learned this week, Chuck? Real dolls. <laughs> They're yes. cheaper than wives. Uh-huh. They don't complain about the bike. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put them in gear. That's true. Although, you'll get pulled over less if you do. Well, what if you just stick a helmet on? Then you're fine, right? Could be. There's there's no laws about, you know... You're giving this an awful lot of thought. Well, there was that naked girl on the bike, and all, they just wrote her up for a helmet. That's true. What have you learned, Todd? I learned I don't have enough emergency wine. <laughs> Smash the box! <laughs> go, go, go! And that's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.